It's great to be back on Search the Scriptures today. What a blessing to be together, to be able to open up God's Word and study His teachings right from Scripture. We're thankful you're there. We appreciate you. We think about you. We care about you. And we pray for you. We really do. We pray diligently for you. Our prayer is that you're going to come to understand God's Word better and better, in more and more depth, and with greater clarity. That's our prayer. And that as you do that, you're going to come closer and closer to God. That your faith is going to grow stronger. And that ultimately you're going to reach that point where you're going to realize what you need to do to come to God his way and that you will do it. That is our prayer. And in that process, we pray that God is being glorified. We hope that you're coming to understand the word better. We hope that you're becoming more and more comfortable with God's teachings, with scripture. And we hope that you'll become even more and more comfortable. And as we said, that you'll come to realize you need to do more than just learn. You need to obey. It's always great for me to be here to study from the Bible with Dennis Stackhouse and Dwayne Kennedy. Appreciate both these brothers so much. Dwayne, good to be with you today. Thank you, Garrett. It's good to be with you also. No matter where we are in our life, we can come to a greater knowledge of God. In fact, that's what we're doing on this program. And if you are listening, that's what you are doing. We can draw nearer to God, and God can help us to get through whatever it is that we might be enjoying or struggling with as long as we remain focused on what he is teaching us looking forward to that time when this life will be over and where we will be near enough to God that we will be pardoned of our sins and have the chance to be with him throughout ceaseless ages. That is our goal on this program. That is why we study, of course, also to make our lives just a little bit better, especially where it's rough around the edges. It's good to have you on the program and it's good to be with you, Dennis. Thank you, Duane. Thank you, Gary. I'm certainly blessed to be with you both today on the show. And we do want to extend another word of welcome to all who are listening to Search the Scriptures. We're certainly pleased to have you with us today. You know, one thing, it occurs to me we don't mention often, or maybe we haven't mentioned much at all in the past. Here on Search the Scriptures, the Bible that we're using to read from and to quote from is the New King James Version. Now, I know many of our listeners may be using different versions. If you would like to have access to a New King James Version, of course, that will allow you to read right along with us word for word. But there's also an advantage in using different versions because you may get a little better explanation because the wording in one version is just slightly different from what we have in the New King James. But all in all, no matter what version you are using, we'll be able to come to a better understanding of God's Word and to know the truth, and that is our goal. And people can follow along in just about any version. They can. And they'll get the sense of what we're, what we're reading there. That's right. Because the language will be uh, very close. It will. We're going to start a new study today. I want to begin by posing a scenario. Now, obviously, this is an imaginary scenario. 
although we sure wish that it was true. The story goes that Satan decided to go out of business. Hmm. Oh, that's good news. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> As I said, it's imaginary, you know, but we sure wish it was true. And so in this imaginary scenario, as he decides to go out of business and retire, he puts all, all of his tools up for sale. So on one day, he has everything laid out and row after row of long tables, everything labeled, everything priced, and anybody can come in and go through the whole assembly and they can pick out whatever they want. But there's one tool that's displayed all by itself in a glass case, and it just has a simple label on it, and it says discouragement. And it's more expensive than everything else that he's got on all those other tables. Now, different customers, <laughs> customers, isn't that something? Yes. As if somebody would want to buy these tools. But again, we're, we're talking about an imaginary scenario. <laughs> So different customers come along and they begin questioning him. Why is this tool all by itself? And why is it so much more expensive than all the others? And look at it. It's more worn down than most of these others as well. Why have you got it priced so high? Well, the devil responds and he says, discouragement is priced higher because it's more valuable than almost all the other tools at my disposal. It's more worn down because I use it more often than just about anything else. And he explains, he says, you see, discouragement can get into people's hearts when almost nothing else can. And I can use it on almost everybody. And you know what's really cool about it? Most people don't even realize that it's from me. They think it's just happening to them. They don't realize that I'm doing it, that I'm behind it all, that I'm behind their discouragement. Well, as I said, an imaginary scenario. The strongest of people become discouraged and frustrated. And I mean the strongest of people, the most positive-minded, still become discouraged and frustrated. And though called by different names, the effects are essentially the same, at least to a great extent. We may call it the blues. I've got the blues today. Hmm. I've got the blahs. I'm down in the dumps. You know, I'm depressed. I'm a little down and out today. Well, we may call it by different names, but essentially all of those expressions are descriptive of being discouraged, at least momentarily. Now, Dwayne, you mentioned before we began to do the program today that you have at times experienced discouragement even in relation to your, to your job. Yes. And, you know, I think probably Dennis and I could say, the same thing. No doubt about it. And probably on a repeated basis. Yes. And you know, sometimes we can get discouraged over relationships. We can get discouraged over financial situations. Sure. We can get discouraged over 
somebody we've been trying to talk to who won't listen? I know preachers and teachers of the gospel get discouraged at times, or at least they wrestle with potential discouragement because they're trying to teach people and they just don't seem to get it. Right. Mm-hmm. Discouragement can come in all different forms. Somebody can get sick and they get discouraged. That's right. They can have, suffer a physical injury and get discouraged. They can lose their job and get discouraged. Yes. They can get a pay cut and get discouraged. They can get the message that a loved one, family member, a friend died. Right. And they can get discouraged. We could go on and on. Discouragement comes down all kinds of avenues. But again, the strongest of us become discouraged and frustrated. And we need to recognize that. We need to realize that life cannot be lived on a continual high. Even the sun goes down every night, doesn't it? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, the, the great thing and the encouraging thing is it comes up the next morning. It does. Mm-hmm. That's right. If we end up getting down and staying down, now then we've got the real problem and the devil wins. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the exception to that would be in terms of true clinical depression, which is a medical disorder. That's something completely different. But we're talking about discouragement. Mm -hmm. generally on a common basis if the devil can get us discouraged and keep us discouraged or influence us to respond to our discouragement in wrong ways yes then he's won yes he's won and we're facing the possibility then of eternal discouragement and having missed heaven we need to be careful we need to be on guard We need to be alert, and we need to be equipped to deal with discouragement. And you know, if we'll walk with God, we can be. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yes. No matter what might come, we can be. Mm -hmm. There is a great psalm that I believe, as we study through it, can help us with this common problem of discouragement. And I believe as we go through this psalm, we should be able to see where the devil can indeed be very active in discouraging people and ultimately through that discouragement, leading them away from God. Psalm 42, let's turn over there, Psalm 42. Now, why don't we just run through the psalm briefly to begin with, and then we'll come back and start looking at it in some detail. Psalm 42. Uh, Dwayne, how about reading that for us? As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, Where is your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with the multitude that kept 
a pilgrim feast. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan and from the heights of Hermon, from the hill of Mizar. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls and your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night his song shall be with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I will say to my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with the breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my continence and my God. Now, Dennis, look at verses one through three. Mm-hmm. And uh, why don't you reread those? And let's, let's talk about those particular verses to begin with. Okay. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, where is your God? The very first statement there in verse 1, it reminds me of a song. Uh, You know, a song, this beautiful song. Mm Mm-hmm. As a deer pants for the water, so yes. my soul longs after you. I felt mm-hmm. like singing it. Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful song. So meaningful. Now, here is the psalmist expressing that deep desire for this personal relationship with God, mm-hmm. for closeness to God. I believe that's something that's innate within all of us, this longing for this desire for God. Now, certainly we can repress that, but I think it's there in everyone. I hope it is within everyone. Mm -hmm. And certainly it should be because we are created not only by God, but in God's image. That's right. Going back to Genesis chapter 1, verses 27, 28, and so on. Mm Mm-hmm. So here is this psalmist, and he's as the deer pants for the water brooks. And perhaps many of us have seen deer at some particular body of water. And we know that if, if you kind of follow the lifestyle of the deer, now we don't do that all day long, but if you kind of drive around and you notice how the deer go every day, you find them going through the same migratory route day in and day out, it seems like. You can even see paths that are trampled down through the, the grass and the underbrush where they go that same way. And they're going to go to water. Mm-hmm. They're going to go to water every day. And maybe some of us see them actually by the water's edge, mm-hmm. drinking the water. Well, we know that water is absolutely necessary for life, don't yes. we? The deer's got to find that water to stay alive. Mm 
if the water dries up where he is, he's going to go someplace else where he can find water. Now, that's the analogy that the writer is using in talking about how he longs to be with God, to, have, to be close to God, to have that good, close, personal relationship with God. Now, someone might say, well, why is he all discouraged about that? Why doesn't he just turn to God? But you see, as we go farther in those three verses, we have more revealed to us, don't we? Yes. Mm -hmm. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before my God? Notice, my tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, where is your God? We're talking about somebody who has a sense of being cut off from God. Mm -hmm. Yes. Probably we're talking here about either an Israelite, one of God's people in Old Testament times, who is either a prisoner of war or who may be one of the people of Israel who have been taken captive during the captivity. But he's not, not home anymore, it right. appears. He's cut off from God. And so the, remember how closely the Israelites of Old Testament times associated God's presence with the temple mm -hmm. and with Jerusalem, the temple being in Jerusalem. And so he's saying, my soul thirsts for God. Oh, I want to be with God, the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And then you get the further insight in verse 3, where he says, My tears have been my food day and night. He's discouraged. He's down. He's experiencing deep, profound sorrow. But what's at the base of it? He's cut off from God, yes. he feels like. Mm -hmm. And notice, while they... Who are they? Enemies, obviously. While they continually say to me, where is your God? Now, that's a taunt, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. It's a daily taunt. And this man, like us, is disquieted. That is, he is discouraged. We all have discouragement. But as we go on, he figures out the solution. He does. And we're going to need to study through this for a few days to fully get that solution. But we're laying out here the, the, the groundwork. He's discouraged. He's got enemies out there who are taunting him. As you said, Dwayne, if not daily, on a repeated basis. Yes. Where is your God? He's cut off from God. He, he, that's his perception. Well, as we're going to see as we go farther and look at this in more detail and more carefully, he's not, not living at home anymore. I don't mean he just moved away to a different town. He's not in the land of God's people anymore. He's not near the temple. He's not able to go to the house of worship with the people of God. Mm -hmm. he's, he's removed from all of that. And these enemies who have removed him are continually taunting him. Where is your God? And the sense being, 
Do you believe in God? He lets you come to this end. Yes. Where is your God? Somewhat similar to the thief on the cross with Jesus, who was taunting our Lord at the time of the crucifixion. And basically he was saying at that point, yeah, if you're the son of God, come down off the cross. Save yourself. Save us. Ridicule. Ridicule. A way of belittling. Mm -hmm. And again, what a challenge. And what a negative challenge. Why did God, if you believe in God, why did he let this happen to you? Yes. You think your God is so powerful? How'd you end up here? We don't believe in your God, and we took you captive. You're our prisoner. You're under our control. That seems to be the sense, basically, that this psalmist is expressing in the opening verses of this psalm. Mm -hmm. And so no wonder, he says in verse 2, that my tears have been my food day and night. Oh, he's down. Forlorn. Now, we're not given further insight as to how he ended up to be where he was. Again, obviously, it seems that he's either a prisoner of war, I think fairly obviously, or one of the captives. Now, if he's one of the captives, then we understand that God allowed his people to be taken captive because of their unfaithfulness to him. Mm -hmm. Now, I suspect there are, there are a lot of people who have become unfaithful to God who farther down the road have found themselves as a consequence of their unfaithfulness in dire straits. And they long to be restored, mm -hmm. but they're where they are because of their unfaithfulness. Yes. And they cannot be restored to a right relationship with God without getting right with God. We'll go on and we'll continue to study this in our next program. We hope that we have stimulated the thinking of our listeners. I really do believe that this is a study that we all ought to be able to learn from and relate to. Please tune back in in our next program and study with us. And don't wait for then. Contact us right now and ask for that free Bible study and you can begin getting into God's word and building the proper relationship with him. We hope to hear from you right away.